Take your Bibles this morning and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, will you? 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Verse 26 tells us, For as often as ye eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he come. John MacArthur has said, It is more than remembrance for our own sakes that we celebrate communion. It is also a proclamation for the world's sake. And this morning we want to very quickly look at that proclamation. Because the scripture tells us that the reason that we share together in remembrance of him is so that we can give a credible testimony to those who are around us. So that they too might know God's love for Proclaiming. The word is evangel, evangelism, sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ in an outright manner. You know, Scripture tells us that we are to let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven, right? We are the salt of the earth. Where the salt's lost its savor, there's really no need for the salt. And so we are to live those kinds of lives that exemplify Christ. But in Romans chapter 10, we read these words. How shall they believe on him in whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without an evangel, a preacher, one proclaiming the good news of the gospel of Jesus? This morning, I want to share with you very quickly three reasons why we proclaim his death. The first reason is this, without his death, there would be no remission of sins. Keep your finger in chapter 11 here and turn over to chapter 15, will you please? 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul's talking about the resurrection of Christ. And in verse 3 he says, for I delivered to you of first importance... What I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. The writer of Hebrews tells us, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Leviticus tells us that the life of the body is in the blood. And as you study history, you discover that it was always the blood that restored a relationship with man and, and God. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve sinned, Genesis chapter 3. And they tried to hide their sins by covering themselves with that which was around them, the foliage of the great garden in which they lived. God came down and said to Adam, where are you? God knew. Adam said, we're hiding. God said, why are you hiding? Adam said, because we're naked. God said, who told you you were naked? And at that point, God restored that relationship of Adam and Eve with himself by covering them with the skins of animals. Blood has to be spilled. Fast forward, if you will, please, to Egypt. God's people are under the control of Pharaoh. And God wants to deliver his people from their bondage. The plagues were there to tell Pharaoh that 
he was not as powerful as God and that God would do as he wanted. The last plague, we know it as the Passover. Where God's people were told to take an animal, slay it, and apply the blood to the top post and side post of the home. And the scripture says when the death angel passed through the land, when he saw the blood, he would pass over that home. God delivered his people from Egypt toward the promised land. And in Leviticus and Deuteronomy, we have the sacrifices that were made for the sins of the people. The tabernacle was built. The altar was in place. And God was restoring a relationship with himself. Jesus came on the scene, and John declared, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And he went to the cross, and he shed his precious blood in payment for your sin and mine. And the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 10 says that when he had completed the sacrifice, he sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. Why? Because there's no more need for sacrifice. When he said on the cross, it is finished, the sacrifice was complete. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. This morning, perhaps you were like I was. I woke up at the normal time I wake up on Sunday morning. It didn't matter what the clock said. And so I got up and I I had my devotions. And I do a couple of things in the morning. I, I do the quiet time, and this morning we were back in the book of Psalms, and that was just a blessing to my heart. And, and, and then I read the Daily Bread. Did you read the Daily Bread this morning? Daily Bread this morning talked about woman on the well, John chapter 4. And how Jesus came to the woman of the well and said, I want to give to you water that will be everlasting. Told the story of David Mueller, who took fresh water to Kenya. And at the end of that little illustration, it said this, without clean water, people die. Without the shedding of blood, without his death, there is no forgiveness of sins, and people will die in their sins. There is a second truth that I want to share with you this morning, and that is this. Without the shedding of blood, there is no assurance of life after death. The Internet's a wonderful thing. I'm just reminding myself now more regularly that I can Google whatever I need to Google. I don't need the yellow pages anymore. I can't tell you the last time I looked in the yellow pages to find a phone number. I just Google it. Or I'll simply speak into my smartphone, and Siri will find it for me. It's a wonderful thing. Well, I Googled something this past week. Ten most important questions of life. Have you thought about it? What are the ten most important questions of life? 
It was interesting what came up. Of the ten, three questions were questions of curiosity. They were questions, is time travel physically or logically possible? I got to tell you, I'd never asked that one. Can a computer have a mind? Well, Siri talks to me. And are we alone in the universe? Those were questions of curiosity. There were three questions that were what I'll call questions of culture. Are moral values relative or absolute? Now, you could say that's a biblical question, and it is, but it's a cultural question, one that we're trying to answer in the society in which we live. How do you decide between right and wrong? Should the rich help the poor? The last four questions that came up were questions that I call the center of our being kind of questions. And here they are. How and why did the universe begin? What's the point of living? Why are we here? Are we descended from apes? And, and here was the kicker. What is death and should we fear it? Wow. You see, the reality is, without his death, there is no assurance of life after death. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. In the Synoptic Gospels, Mark and Luke, we have the account of the rich young ruler who comes to Jesus and says, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? That same question is asked by an attorney in Luke's gospel. And in Luke's gospel, with, with, when it's asked by an attorney, Jesus answers it with the story of the Good Samaritan. But the question remains, what shall I do to have eternal life? And the answer is, believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Because Christ Jesus died for our sins according to the scripture. And that he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So why proclaim? Because without it, there is absolutely no assurance of life after death. Why proclaim? Because without it, there is no message of hope. Someone said hope is an optimistic attitude of mind based on an expectation of positive outcomes related to events and circumstances in one's life or the world at large. As a verb, its definition includes expect with confidence and to cherish a desire with anticipation. Emily Dickinson wrote, Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. Hope. Are you still in 1 Corinthians chapter 15? 
1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look down at verse 12 with me, will you please? Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some say there is no resurrection of the dead? And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. How hopeless can you get? Verse 15. For, our e, for we are even found to be misre, misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. King James most moved. But underline verse 20, will you please? But now the fact is Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has also come the resurrection from the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But now is Christ risen. Amen? But without his death, there'd be no message of hope. Because without his death, there'd be no resurrection. But now is Christ risen from the dead. And you and I can live that resurrected life. And we can know with great expectation and hope that the message is true in our lives. Does that encourage you this morning? We've celebrated his given body. We've celebrated his shed blood. And now we proclaim his death until he comes. Proclaim. We must proclaim his death till he comes. Why? Because the world needs forgiveness. Because the world needs to know that there is life after death. And the world needs hope. As I said earlier, the world proclaimed has the idea of being an evangel. Showing forth the wonderful message. It's often used of the work of Christian preachers such as the apostles in announcing the good news of what Jesus had done. In some languages it may be necessary to say, you are proclaiming the fact of the Lord's death. You are telling the story of the Lord's death. Or you are telling people once again that Jesus has died. It's a message of the cross. It's a message of his coming. It's a message that you and I are responsible to give to a lost and dying. This morning earlier, Matt told us about the opportunity that we are going to have in December to give a gift to our community, a Christmas concert. And as I reminded you, not only is it a Christmas concert, but it's a, 
unspeakable gift that God sent his son to be the savior of the world. But how many times you and I fail in giving out that gift? There's a short video that I want to show this morning. Perhaps you have seen it. I think I have shown it before. It's a video that is done by Penn Gillette. Penn Gillette is part of a, an entertainment team, Penn and Teller, that is very active in atheism, scientific skepticism, and libertarianism. But in this clip, and it's less than a minute, he challenges those who really believe about their responsibility to proclaim what they believe. Let's show that, Cody. And I've always said, you know, that I, I don't respect people who don't proselytize. I don't respect that at all. If you believe that there's a heaven and hell and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life or whatever, and you think that, uh, well, it's not really worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward. And atheists who think that people shouldn't proselytize, just leave me alone, keep your religion to yourself. Uh, how much do you have to hate somebody to not proselytize? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? I mean, if I believed beyond a shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe it, that truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point where I tackle you. And this is more important than that. Yeah. Wow. Is this more important than that? Do we live out the proclamation that we have celebrated? Why? Because without his death, there is absolutely no remission of sins. Without his death, there is no assurance of life after death. And without his death, there is no hope. But now is Christ risen. Amen? And you and I have that responsibility to share, proclaim his death. For how long? Till he comes to take us home. Now, even so come Lord Jesus today. But until he comes, that's our responsibility.